Welcome to the Prince Manasseh Achu podcast. Prophet Manasseh Achu is the general overseer of the Watered Garden Church in Ghana, West Africa. Thank you for joining us for another power-packed session. Through the teaching of God's word and the ministration of the spirit, we restore God's glory in mankind. Enjoy the transformational power of God's word as you listen to today's message. Father, for this sacred moment. Thank you for this holy moment. Thank you, God of glory. We worship and we honor you. Egos lagan has nabigashtma. Glows neri kistashmabe. Baobos, maos meskirwash. We give hallelujah and praise to your name. We worship and we honor you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Amen. You were beautiful beyond description. Your heart is beautiful. Your word is beautiful. Who you are in your dealing is beautiful. Your breath, your spirit is beautiful. Your presence is beautiful. Your doings are beautiful. Your acts are beautiful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Beru Samish Kla Anderavasanagaratusha. We thank you. Be glorified in Jesus' holy name. When it comes to spiritual things, especially the things of God, atmosphere or the spiritual location is extremely important. The Bible says when the Lord would take Elijah to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah departed from Gilgal. Why? Elijah was not going to be raptured in Gilgal. There was no way God will rapture Elijah in Gilgal. See, if you followed God, especially through the law, you see that God is very detailed. He's meticulous. Never confuse God's mercies with his excellence. What I'm trying to say is that God's mercy... In taking us out of the dunghill doesn't compromise his standard of excellence even his mercy is excellent I'm just trying to say that our God is so detailed so meticulous and that the fact that we have received undeserved favor and we have been privileged to deal with this God that cannot even be seen. To walk in the reality and manifestation of a mystery. Master, you can't even see the person. How do you fellowship with him? The fact that God will reach down to us and seem to just take anything does not mean that he takes just anything you see when god chose you he knew where you were coming from so he knew where he was coming to it was in a plan he made provisions for your inadequacies and immaturities and mistakes sin has never been god's problem and the devil has never been god's problem they were all part of the plan but there's a place for sin and a place for devil and even those ones they are regimented i told you here before that there's a prophetic magnetic field anything that enters into that radius conforms to only one purpose when the devil enters in when evil enters in nothing can frustrate the purpose of god and i talk about the sovereignty of god and his ability to subdue all things 
Honey, he's a creator. He's a creator of all the energies, all the waves, all the space, even vacuum, thoughts, ideas, concepts, before anybody thinks anything in his heart. Now, we shouldn't confuse God's grace with his excellence. The fact that God can do everything doesn't mean he does everything. Actually, if God were doing everything, he would have been one confused person. But God doesn't do everything. He's not driven by need. And God cannot be hysterical. He doesn't make haste. There's no emergency with God. People think that the devil creates problem for God. And put pressure on God. You forgot the other day that there was a storm and Jesus was sleeping. And some people say, you don't care that we are perishing? He didn't even see any perishing. As far as he was concerned, the storm would not interfere with his peace. Actually, he had taken a pillow and he was sleeping. And when he woke him up, he said, this doesn't disrupt my purpose. He said, don't you know that the everlasting cannot be weary? And so God cannot be manipulated. And because he cannot be manipulated, you would rather choose to know his will and conform to his will or align to his will and enjoy his full support, the full flow of his energies. I mentioned here the last time, he says something about the creatures. When they move, they don't turn. And I've been privileged as a prophet of God to see some of those things. When they move, they don't turn. That's how the Holy Ghost is. Master, the Holy Ghost has never expressed his opinion. He has never said any word at one time, which is not the word that he heard Jesus saying. He would not say anything except what Jesus says. And he won't go anywhere God is not going. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. Not only because he's the spirit of reality, but if there is any spirit that is consistent with God, is the Holy Spirit. I want to get everybody to this realization. Actually, the reason for the prophetic is not all the excitement the revelatory gifts seek to mesmerize us with. The purpose of the prophetic is not so much about the intriguing nature of word of knowledge. Where we say, wow, how did he know? You see, the purpose of the prophetic is the creation of an atmosphere where the spirit of God is sovereign or Lord. Where everything is subdued to conform to divine agenda. What that means is that creation is forced into coercion. And that prophetic anointing, men say what God is saying. They think what God is thinking. They feel what God is feeling. They do what God is doing. The triumphant entry was a prophecy. And obviously... The same energies that bring the prophetic word are the same forces that perform them. Because ultimately, there is a purpose to every prophecy that only God himself can achieve. When a prophecy is fulfilled, ultimately, it's only God who knows. Because he actually knows what he's talking about in the first place. We can see the evidence. We can see the blessings and the benefits of the prophetic word but the ultimate purpose of that prophecy obviously is not just to make you a little more comfortable it is where that word fits in the divine agenda and i try to explain this that god operates a very close circuit but because god is so big and is transcendent that his close circuit is even too big for us to make our choices within the close circuit of god is a prophetic well, what God is saying, that's what Jesus is doing, that's what the Spirit is performing. Nothing more, nothing less. You are inside or you are out. 
And so, you're doing what God is saying, what Jesus is doing, what the Holy Spirit is performing. That's all. That's all about it. It's nothing to do with what you want to do. Or how comfortable or uncomfortable you are. And that's secondary. That's even tertiary. How you feel about it. And you see, the principle of the leadership of the Spirit is the principle of maturity. And as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We grow into the place where we conform. Where we align. Honey, what do you actually have that you can give God? I will tell you what you have to give God. The only thing you have worthy of God or worthy of giving God is what he first gave you. So you must be at a place of receiving. For there's not a word in my tongue below that knows it all together. The Bible says that nobody can even say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. I'm like, wow. He said, when you say somebody saying Lord, he said that in the context of the prophetic gifts, he said, no one speaking by the Spirit of the Lord calls Jesus a curse. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. He said, how can they preach except they be sent? If you see somebody preaching, he's sent. If you see somebody saying Lord, he was called. That's what I'm saying. Them that he did foreknow, them he also did predestinate to conform to the image of his son, that he'll be the firstborn among many brothers. Moreover, them that he did predestinate, them he also called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, glorified. It's one close circuit, one close program. And see that there is nothing outside it. There's nothing outside this one. There's nothing outside the spirit. There's nothing outside God's purpose. There's nothing outside God's will. There's nothing outside the word of God. The only thing outside, I'll tell you. The Bible says all that is in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. If you're a virgin here, or you've been living a very sanctified life, and people tell you how wonderful sex is, and how wonderful life out there is, I have an advice for you. There's really nothing out there. Out of this close circuit, there's nothing there. All that is in the well is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's all. Go to America because that's God's will for your life. Don't sell your destiny and your calling because of dollars. You may have to work hard to provide for the family. And sometimes in life, you will do what you don't like to get what you like. But don't confuse your minor with your major. And don't make your major your minor. There are places you pass through in life. Don't make it your final place. Listen, there is a high calling. There's something on your life that money cannot buy. There's something on your life that men can't give you. We said here yesterday that the Holy Ghost looks at the magnitude of God's plan for us. And he groans. They are too deep for articulate speech. And if God is so stunned, so amazed, if the Holy Ghost himself is so overwhelmed, burdened, that he cannot articulate in words what he seen God had prepared for you. You think men can give you something worthy? The Bible says, what eye has not seen or ear heard, neither entered into the heart of a man. Mercy. The things God has prepared for them that love him. I have news for you. Nobody has even imagined. Not even in his wildest imagination and dream. What God has prepared for you. That's why my Bible says that he that is able to do exceeding abundantly above. He who in consequence of his power, the action of his power within us. He's able to carry out his purpose far above and beyond, superabundantly beyond our highest dreams, imaginations, hopes, desires, and all things we could ask. You don't get it. God will praise by the principle of fullness. 
You don't need all the shed blood of Jesus to wash your sin. Just sprinkling it once would have been enough. He sprinkled it seven times because your prayers are the principle of fullness. You don't need all of the Holy Ghost to be anointed. No. Let me tell you, God is so powerful. Just a little drop of the Spirit would have been enough. But he said, I'll pour out my Spirit. Bible says, of his fullness have we received grace for grace. We don't need all the fullness of God. We just need a little bit of him. Let me tell you, God could have just given us just a little bit of the anointing and it would be okay for us. But because God oppressed by the principle of fullness and the overflow he doesn't just give you life he gives you abundant life joy unspeakable peace that passes all understanding god wants you not to have sprinkle effect of his blessing and of his nature he wants you to be immersed that's the whole thing about baptism to baptize means to submerge to immerse to be buried completely and god wants to overwhelm you not just with some little anointing but all of himself that is what glory is about So, when you are a baby Christian, like the rest of creation, what happens is, because you are not matured enough, your senses, your spiritual faculties are not well developed to see and hear and perceive and discern. Your initial discernment is just to know that it's going to be good and evil. But you cannot tell levels dimensions weights in glory you're not able to discern everything what happens is that god releases an atmosphere around you called grace just for the time but if god wanted to regiment us he won't ask us to pray meditate on the word of god live holy he wouldn't give us any instruction we would just have been like robots manipulated and regimented but god gave you a will and a volition and he wants your love to be something you choose and god wants you to instead of regimenting you he rather wants you to know his will choose it make wise decision based on your understanding of the spirit and move so when you start to grow then God changes the environment from that kind of grace that a young believer has. Rising and falling and doing all kind of things and then you are still a child of God into a place when when you speak a word, that's the exact thing God is saying. When we see you somewhere, we know God is there. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. If you see prophet Manasseh anywhere, just know that's where God is. This has nothing to do with me. That's the calling of a prophet. The prophet is the prophecy. Geographical locations, not to say spiritual locations, are extremely important for glory. You can check. Why would God ask Moses to come to the mountain? Why would Jesus be transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration? Why would God tell Daniel, go to river kiba i want to speak to you there why do you think that when god would have taken elijah by a whirlwind he had to leave gilgal it would never happen in gilgal not in Bethel, not in jericho it happens after jordan you have to be there spiritually and there physically though being there spiritually is more important your geographical location is extremely important because you are not a man of the flesh. A spiritual man's physical situation is also spiritual. A spiritual man's physical location is also spiritual. Let me put it in a better way. A spiritual man's physical situation is also spiritual because of the radius of the anointing. The Holy Ghost said to me, if it's glory, the place is important. Some of the food that the Holy Ghost will be giving you is so you can receive strength to the Mount of God. Elijah was tired and was running the wrong direction. And God sent an angel to bring him bread from heaven. May God open your eyes to see that this is not religion, this is not church. This is not an association, a corporation, a credit union. Sweetheart, may God open your eye to see that this thing here 
Last week, I was preparing to come to church, preparing to come and preach. And the Holy Ghost said, I'm talking to you, you are preparing sermon. I'm telling you what to go and say, you too, you are preparing sermon. I say, yes, sir. Honey, your sermon doesn't mean anything. It is what God is saying, that is something. I say, yes, sir. The sermon must be what he's saying. No, as a pastor, sometimes you teach to convince. You teach to direct. Because you have oversight. And you take not just of spiritual needs, but physical needs. So you can see that maybe your people need to understand how to work with time. So you can preach on time. It may not sound spiritual, but they need it. Sometimes we teach along the vision where we are going. And so those things are done. But that is why God never called me as a pastor. He knows that I don't have grace to do church administration. And said the youth need games. And even they can use that for evangelism. A pastor has grace to do that. But not a prophet. I've been pastoring this church for 15 years. This particular church. We pastored another one for 6 years before this one. We've been pastoring for about 22 years. I have never said hey tomorrow the youth of this church are going to play football with the youth of action i'm not saying it's canal it's extremely important especially at certain times and they help but i don't have grace to manage that a pastor by his calling has the ability to put that in a church calendar and the holy ghost will still be comfortable with it you see i need you to know something the will of God is more important than anything you do. Let me reframe it then you can understand. It is the will of God that qualifies what you do. Whether it's good or bad. Whether it's right or wrong. I'm saying that. May God open your eyes to see that these words you are receiving in church they are not nice sermons they are not just preachings the word of god is god the word of god is god in essence in potential and when god is speaking he's not telling you something he's giving you something he's not giving you something he's giving you himself the way god dispenses himself is by speaking and when the word of god is coming honey that's an impartation of divine life these words are not vain for you. They are your life. It is your life. And God has sent an angel to bring bread from heaven. And Elijah went in the strength of that bread 40 days to the mount of God. May God open your eyes to the bread that is falling from heaven. May the next word you receive, whether from the logos or from the graphy, be a word that takes you to a next level may the word that is coming to you carry you for another 40 days may you go in the strength of that food the bible says men did eat angels food and for 40 years the israelites that ate manna for 40 years nobody was sick nobody was feeble nobody died even the old man who could not stand upright receive strength when they ate the passover lamb may the things you eat in this service may the things you encounter in these meetings change not just your spirit but change your body mortality leave your body sickness leave your body may god bring the divine may god bring the divine it's called revelation it's called revelation the basics of the spirit is the first thing is your faculty of sight when god called jeremiah said what see is there you must be able to see actually that which we have heard that which was from the beginning which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes and we have looked upon when it comes to your faculty of sight it's mentioned twice that which we have heard that which we have seen with our eyes which we have looked upon 
because your seeing is so important that was what paul said when i heard of your faith which is the divine nature and your love toward all the saints i cease not to give thanks making mention of you in my prayers that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation when you see somebody born again he has the divine nature the first thing to do is to give thanks i'll come back to that because you see there is nothing we are asking that is not provided for actually when you ask too much then you are thanking god it shows your unbelief so i first give thanks that if god was able to get you out of the dead the rest of the things we are talking about he would do it if god was able to take you out of the hand of the devil and out of soul and out of hades and out of spiritual death then he can take so i cease not to thank god when i came in here i said to myself lord may everybody see what you're doing we will abound in thanksgiving there are different kind of prayers but when it comes to thanksgiving we are supposed to abound we are supposed to do it always that's the kind of prayer you must do every time you can't supplicate all the time sometimes you are in a taxi or in a trotro you can't do supplications there because that's earnest entreaties they are prolonged intense prayers it will take three to seven hours to do supplication you can't do that at the spur of the moment there are some prayers you can pray at certain places the prayer of faith you can't always pray because there are certain things you have to wrestle them out pull some things down and throw some things down and plant and build and manufacture things in the spirit in fact some prayers are even prayers of inquiry you must find out the will of god first of all before you begin to even ask anything and begin to shape things in prayer but there's one prayer you can and you must you should always pray and it's called a prayer of thanksgiving it's based on the fact that our god of glory supplies all our need according to his riches and glory everything worked together for our good those who are called according to his purpose it's a knowing Listen, our prayer is effectual because of faith now so guess what thanksgiving prayer is a prayer of faith because you're already thanking god for something you haven't seen yet faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence of the things not seen i cease not to give thanks and to make mention of you in my prayers the first thing he asked for was revelation wisdom and revelation may god open your eye to see that the communion is not just one of the sacraments of the church or we say may we now take the communion and also just walk in there and eat communion and go back sick oh my god <laughs> listen what you are eating people at the shadow and 40 years no sickness convince me why you should be sick no you have to convince me. i was watching some things on the tv the last time in fact i read some things also and then i saw some things i was looking at the health benefits of watermelon the health benefits of cabbage the health benefits of the fruit so i'm asking so why are people sick even physical food is supposed to prevent cancer that's even the physical and my bible tells me that thou shalt serve the lord and he shall bless thy bread and thy water and take sickness from the midst of thee may you have an encounter with an angel in this service and after the service the bible says some people tasted of the powers of the world to come how did they do it by faith one time david was close to death and he ran to the temple and said abiat i'm hungry physically hungry and spiritually hungry and abiata said there's nothing here except the hallowed bread which is only for the priest i'm sure david said i'm in the new testament all of us are priests oh you are royal priesthood every child of god is a priest and we are a nation of priests original that's god's purpose for israel because of sin and disobedience he chose the tribe of levy we are priests and i'm not just a priest i'm from the tribe of judah i'm a king priest i'm in the new testament and you know that's why i wear the effort david was not a priest after the levitical order but he will wear the effort david knew that incense 
stood for prayers. So he said, I'll burn the incense, but I'll pray also. And he said, Lord, let my prayers be set before you as an incense. The lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. And David knew that. So David said, you know what? This is hollow bread. But in a sense, it is common. He said, I can eat it as food right now. But I can also eat it as a spiritual food. That bread David took satisfied his hunger because Jesus talked about it in the New Testament. He said, didn't you hear what David did when he was hungry? He and the men with him, they entered into the holy place and ate bread that was reserved for the priest. But what it also did was it prevented David from death. The communion is supposed to be fellowshipping where we all eat together. But it has a spiritual relevance. But Paul said, because many of you have not discerned that is the lost body, that's why many of you are sickly and many of you sleep. He said, people still in the communion, they still die and they are still sick because they don't discern that this is the Lord's body. That discernment is faith. May God give you revelation. How did Elijah know that God was on that mountain? Listen, you need this thing called revelation. You need this thing called the leading of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that there was a rock that followed the Israelites. You walk 100 miles, you turn, and the same rock you saw, 100 miles away, it's following. And they were thirsty and were dying of thirst. They didn't know that the rock that was following them could give them water. Actually, they didn't know that the rock was called Christ. Paul said the rock that followed them was Christ. And because they couldn't see, they started murmuring. God said to Moses, what has been here all the time? Waiting for your command. May God open your eyes to see the energies, the graces, the gifts, the abilities, the endowments, the opportunities. You are a genius, but it remains in potential until you see. That's why we call it revelation. In every revelation, there's a manifestation. There is a manifestation. So Elijah goes to God, receives his final instructions for ministry. That was a man who was lonely, hungry, tired, fatigued, actually discouraged. Some few hours ago, now receiving fresh instruction for ministry. Return on thy way. And you'll find Hazel, anoint him over Damascus, over Syria. And anoint Jehu over Israel. And anoint Elisha to be a prophet in thy room. I want you to end well. I want you to duplicate yourself. I want you to multiply yourself. I want you to raise leaders. And anybody who escaped the sword of Hazel, Jehu will slay. And anybody who escaped the sword of Jehu, Elisha will slay. But Elijah, I want you to know something. You are not alone. I have 7,000 men undefiled who have never bowed to bow. Neither kissed him. Elijah came down from the mountain. And he didn't try to go and anoint Jehu. He actually never anointed Jehu. Nobody can live out all his prophecies. Your prophecy is bigger than you. Some are for your children. Some are for your children's children. But God see them as part of you. The promise that Abraham and his seed should be the heir of the world. When God gives you a promise, it's all for your seed. There are nations and generations in you. And in some of the things, you won't do them. Though God might have said that you would do them. But in reality, it's your children who will do them. Because a time comes in your life where you are not a GP, general practitioner. You are a specialist. Master, you don't have the time to do everything. You do only what you are called and most importantly, mandated for. Every day increasingly, mercy. Every day increasingly, the knowing that the fact that I can do something doesn't mean I'm supposed to do it. 
The fact that I'm to do something doesn't mean it's time to do it. Actually, the fact that you can do something does not mean you have been mandated. And it takes discernment to read in between the lines. God said, go and anoint these three people. But actually, he anointed Elisha. And Elisha anointed one of his servants or mandated one of his sons of the prophets to go and anoint Jehu. There are certain things God wouldn't want you to do because you are not chosen for it. Somebody else can do that better. It's not your grace. I told you that apart from faith, what pleases God the most about your life is your gift. What you are called to do, God in the eternal past took counsel with himself and said, it's Pastor Sarkozy who can do this best. So they gave you a grace. We call it gift. Mercy, you want to know how to please God? What you know to do best, do it. What you cannot do should not interfere with what you can do. What you cannot do should not prevent you from doing what you can do. And this is Elijah coming down the mountain. The same man who was despondent. The same man who was giving up. The same man who was discouraged. He's coming down smiling now. You know, when Elijah said to God, kill me, I'm not better than my fathers. When he said, I'm not better than my fathers, what he was saying, God, it's okay, enough is enough. Just kill me. And God said, you think you're going to die like a coward? You think your ministry will be an anticlimax? It's an upward calling. It's a heavenly calling. And you are moving from glory to glory, from grace to grace, from faith to faith. You are not coming down. God's hand on your life is not going to diminish. God's power on your life is going to increase and multiply. Honey, I'm telling you that God keeps the best wine for the last. And everything we've seen so far is just a tip of the iceberg. We barely just scraped the surface. Apostle Sidney, we barely just scraped the surface. Something is about to happen in our ministries. I'm telling you, we'll have services. And the glory of God will hit the place and the place will be frozen. And we'll move out of time momentarily. And gaze upon his holiness. And everything else will be happening in the earth. And the whole of them, someone will run and people will come. The news will cover it. That there's something happening in that church. Elijah, you've called down the fires. You've raised the dead. You've parted the rivers. But Elijah, there is even a greater feat for you. That Jezebel ain't going to kill you. I got a plan for you. I'm about to glorify you. You are about to move to heaven by a whirlwind. And when Elijah knew that he was to be taken to heaven by a whirlwind, he departed from Gilgal. The reason why you have to join this church, this is no manipulation. It's because of where this chariot is headed for. When the Lord would take Elijah by a whirlwind, he departed from Gilgal. When the Lord would take Elijah by a whirlwind to heaven, he departed from Gilgal. I see a shift. A move, a relocation, a repositioning. On the mount of the Lord, it shall be said. He called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh, as it is spoken. On the mount of the Lord, it shall be said. There's a place of sight, there's a place of revelation. There's a place of glory. And our geographical location is as important 
as our spiritual location. It's the Holy Spirit that creates the place for glory. So, just be led. Who would ever believe that the Holy Ghost would drive Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil? But he returned in the power of the Holy Ghost. You see, when you read the Bible, the Bible says you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. There are two different things. It's the same Holy Spirit, but at a general level, it's baptism of the Spirit. But at another level, it's called the baptism of fire. It's where you are consumed by the zeal of God. He went full of the Spirit and returned in the power of the Holy Ghost. There's a difference between being filled with the Holy Spirit and being full of the power. And it happened when Jesus finished his appointment. With the devil prophet do you mean trials can refine me yes don't beg the devil to leave you alone because there is a suffering that is necessary there's a fire that refines the gold let me try and finish what god is about to do it will take more than our regular infilling what god is about to do requires power requires fire requires heavy mantles requires chariots of fire and horses of fire listen where we are headed for we are headed for glory and the speed must change we can't be crawling into glory we must ride in chariots of fire and horses of fire and our spiritual experience must change I see the chariots coming. I see your chariots coming. Not just the anointing. The chariots of God. The power of God. Something moving you. Faster than the speed of light. How do I know glory is coming in a moment, in a twinkle of an eye? That's what the Bible says. It will happen suddenly. Suddenly. They had waited several days in the upper room. But suddenly, I see the sudden effect of the anointing. The fastest chariots. When you are praying, you can pray for a house. When I'm praying for you, I ask for things you can't ask for. Because you don't even see them. I ask for the best chariots. The fastest chariots. I place demands on the treasury of heaven. I command the winds out of the secret of the treasury of heaven. I ask for the best of the best of the best. And ladies and gentlemen, there's a whirlwind coming from the Lord. There's a whirlwind coming from the presence of the Lord for this congregation, for this people. There's a whirlwind coming. You can pray for prayer because the need of prayer is great. And so first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. There's a way to pray for prayers. But there's a way to pray for glory. There's a way to worship to get people excited. But there's a way to worship for presence. There's a way to sing for presence. And there's a way to sing for glory. Listen very carefully to what I'm about to tell you. Atmosphere is everything. God lives in himself. And before God's full glory is revealed in any place, God's person and presence or glory must be replicated before he comes in. And church, 
when you are ready for glory there is a way to talk for glory pastor city there's a way to listen for glory there's a way oh my god there's a way to hunger for glory there's a way to pray for glory can i prove that when jesus got to crunch That's not a time to ask for power. Save me for the unholy hour. That's not. It said, glorify me with yourself. I don't need another crown. I don't need another blessing. Glorify me with thyself. There's a place where you ask the ultimate. When you get to Jordan, honey, you are not in Gilgal. That's wrong prayers. You don't pray some prayers when you're in Jordan. You ask a hard thing. Elijah said to Elisha, Now, ask whatever you want before I'm taken from you. Elisha said, uh, I'm thinking about it. No way. You don't have the time. He said, I want a double portion. Of everything that has been on your life on my life Elijah shook his head because that was beyond Elijah and Elijah could not release that in his present state so he said when you see me go the works I do you will do also and greater works than this when I go to the father I'm entering into glory and I'm bringing many sons into glory. And when I take humanity into divinity, then you are ready to come into divinity. Because I've made it, you will make it also. And that's why when a man of God is a certain level of the anointing, you can underestimate what he's able to download. When you see me go, he said, you've asked a hard thing. And God is looking for people to ask hard things. The scripture we read says, Since the day ahead of your faith towards God and your love to all the saints, I cease not to give thanks and to make mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, then he added something. Now, the Father of glory. Those things are not just there. Now, it has always been the father of our Lord Jesus Christ to talk about fatherhood and sonship. But this time, he's saying the father of all glory. Are you talking about light or revelation? He's the father of all lights. Are you talking of might? He's the father of all might. And because of the proportions... Because of the weight of what he was going to ask, he had to petition the glory of God. Not just the grace of God. Not just the mercy of God. But the glory of God. Genesis 18. God appeared. To Abraham under the oak trees of Mamre. At the heat of the day. God comes at the cool of the day. At least that's what we know. But there's a man who can catch God. Even when he comes. At the heat of the day. I've worked with him. I know him so much. When he's in town I know. When Jesus comes into town I know. When he's in a meeting, I know actually I look out for him. When I go into every meeting, the first thing I do is I start looking around. I'm looking at where the Holy Spirit is standing and where Jesus is in the service. Sometimes they are not around, but I get into services. Will he come? Will he come? And he, because of the holy anticipation, 
He knows Manasseh will look for me. He knows Manasseh is coming there because I'm coming there. And many times he comes. I can't remember the last meeting. In the past three years. That I was in that the Lord did not attend. It's rare. And not just he's coming where he's standing I want to know where he's standing Abraham had positioned himself waiting for the divine guest you'll be shocked he saw three men and he knew that's God. Do you know him? He should grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Glory is about who God is in his essence. Who God really is. Not what he's doing. Not what we say about him. Revelation in the knowledge of him. When he comes like a man or as an angel, who says he can't speak to you at work? Sometimes on the way to work, he speaks to you. Who says he cannot speak to you in a taxi? Learn these things, learn how to be quiet. People are saying, God, speak, God, speak, God, speak. But you think God is dumb? He's a talking God. He's always speaking. His word is active. What he said a million years ago is as if he's saying it now. He's ever. The problem is not that God is not speaking. The problem is that we are not listening. Honey, don't just listen to anything. Listen for glory. Let me tell you something. God can tell you something. I've shared this here before. One of my birthdays, I went before God and I said, God, I want a word from you. Then God gave me a word, a beautiful word from Isaiah. Then I said, no. This is not what you have for me. I went prostrate before the Lord, four hours on the ground. The heavens opened. I saw an angel. And the Lord said, Manasseh wants it so bad. He won't take the first one. Give it to him. Glory is not the obvious. If somebody tells there's gold all over the surface there, that's gold dust. Glory is who God is in himself. So, it's not out there. So don't just take anything. When God speaks, insist. And many times, you check your Bible. When God gives instruction to people and they go back to God, He always changes it. Every time God speaks, if He's going to say the same thing the second time, there will be modifications. Every time. All the scriptures Paul quoted, there was always a twist to them. As it is written, what I has not seen, that's not what is written in Isaiah. Go check it. Every time they quote the scripture, there'll be a twist to it. The first one is just to announce God's presence. The second one is, do you really want it? Listen for glory. Talk for glory. Pray for glory. Sing for glory. Listen, when you find out what God likes, just keep doing it. God loves singing and worship. Nothing moves God like faith and worship. 
You remember? When people have faith, righteousness moves from God automatically to the people. Even people in the Old Testament. That's the Holy Spirit. When you believe, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. This is speak of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost flows out of you naturally when you believe. When faith is in action, God is helpless. He doesn't even control what happens anymore. Can I prove that? When the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus, Jesus didn't even have to permit virtue to come out of him. In fact, virtue left before Jesus said, what happened here? Where faith is, the spirit of God is, is automatic. I tell people, And glory also is where faith is. Say not I unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. When you find what God likes, God loves holiness. Listen, we are holy, but ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the Bible says our faith is most holy, building yourself in your most holy faith. I said here three days ago that the ark of covenant is not God's presence. The Ark of Covenant is you. You are carrying God. And the most holy place is where God works. So if God is dwelling in you, obviously, the Holy Spirit had created by the atoning work of the mercy seat He had created a most holy place in you. And since God loves holiness, walk in holiness. God loves faith, walk in faith. God loves worship. Give him the best. I'm more of a worship leader than a preacher. I found out that God loves worship. So I insist that it has to be the best way. The finest of the fun. Sometimes we sing for the people. Sometimes we sing for ourselves. But honey, learn to sing for glory. Let me tell you something. When Solomon finished the temple and he got 120 people to blow the trumpet, it was not a trumpet fair. They were going to blow for glory. When they arrayed all the people, listen, the time will come when you even understand that even what you wear, There's a place in the administration you can't be casual. He said, you know what? I know you like me very well and you are my best protege. But God has an assignment for me in Bethel. And I'm sorry. I love you so much, but we can't go together. Listen, 
you can't experience the visitations and encounters you want if you don't learn to practice aloneness there's a time your best friend will be the reason why God will not come Elisha stay here Abraham said to the servants thank you up to this point I go with the Lord yonder to worship you can take everybody everywhere I was telling one of my daughters last time she was asking me about a particular experience she lives in a house where there are a lot of people and the moment she used to have alone with God has been disrupted what do you do? I say fight for that space do everything you can to get that one because when the people take it from you God is gone For me, when the last person leaves my house, God walks in. Every time. God loves Alexina. She's very holy. God loves my children. They are holy. But I need to understand that there is a place for only you and God. Actually, there's a place in prayer. There's a place when Alexina gets into prayer. I will be an interference. I'll be the interruption. You see, there are some things some people must not see. One time it happened. The power fell on everybody and they fell asleep so that Daniel would be the only person to see the vision. There's a reason why the angel kept speaking to Manwa's wife. And Manwa never had that experience. People were traveling with Paul. But when he had that encounter, the guys around him did not see what Paul saw. He heard a voice, but he never saw anything. But Paul saw something. And you don't go telling everybody everything God has told you. You want people to know that you two have a plan. Or you two, you know where you are going. So you go and tell everybody everything. There are secrets you keep for some time. Paul said he had words unspeakable, which is not lawful for a man to utter. He said, I can't tell you. very simple I don't know but I think one of the services we shouldn't preach we should just sing and build the atmosphere and allow the anointing to build until it explodes after all this excellent glory The Lord is holding your hand and taking you to that place it destined for you. He chose you for this very purpose.
he who has wrought in us for the self same thing he who has fashioned us for this very thing he's talking about glory is god who has also given us the down payment of the holy spirit for us to know what is in store for us don't be drunk with wine wearing his excess but be filled with the holy ghost you were created for the holy ghost Thank you so much for listening. We believe this teaching has been a blessing to you. We want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast for life-defining and changing moments with the Holy Spirit. Follow us on all social media platforms at Prophet Prince Manasseh Atchu and join the Prophet Sunday services at 9 a.m. See you next week.